Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that can help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. I interview industry experts to discuss the details of their products in order to help you make an informed decision on whether or not this product is right for you. As an educator with over a decade of experience both in and out of the classroom, I know that time and money are both precious. So I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey through education. My name is Brian Willette and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Welcome back to My Creative Classroom for another amazing episode about transforming education. Whether you're listening to us on your preferred streaming platform or watching to us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and share. All right, it's time to dive into today's episode. I'm excited to have with me two amazing individuals that are here to talk about how their organization supports educators in maximizing the potential of their students through a variety of tools and strategies. From Inksmith, I am pleased to welcome to my creative classroom, the CEO and founder of Inksmith, Jeremy Hedges, and from his awesome team, senior marketing manager, Michelle Valtez. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having us on. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to dive in here because Inksmith has a lot to offer and we'll get into this later on, but the story of Inksmith kind of has a bit of an evolution as we enter the global pandemic. Uh, but for to start things off, uh, Jeremy and Michelle, can we tell our, our listeners and our viewers just a little bit about who you are and what your journey is to getting into Inksmith? Yeah, so six years ago, we, we started Inksmith, an educational technology company to support school boards across Canada and bringing tech into the classroom. So things like 3D printers, robotics kits, uh, laser cutters, and and a lot of those were of our own design. We created the curriculum around it, professional learning programs. So a very you know hands-on approach to helping educators bring new tech in and and scale it, um, and and not just teaching technology for the sake of technology, but teaching technology with a purpose. How do we connect real-world issues to technology learning and and synthesize that in a classroom environment that gets kids excited about you know, what their future career opportunities might be in tech. Hey, that's a perfect answer. I think you nailed it with the the, pur- the purpose piece is really what we like to focus on. So, you know, we're, we're pedagogy first, technology second, which is weird to say coming from a technology company, but it's really all about that education, the purposeful education. Yeah, and so let's dive into that where you just said, you know, purposeful education, you know, technology that's driven with purpose and has a reason to be in the classroom. So how do you help educators, you know, we'll dive into the types of ed tech here in a minute, but how do you help educators actually have tech with purpose? Yeah, I think the, um, you know, the, the framing and the themes that you'll find throughout the curriculum that, that we've developed, you know, not not just on the robotic side, but even in, in the, the 3D printer uh, or 3D printing and, and design thinking uh, curriculum we've created is, is it's all based around the sustainable development goals. So all of those themes are, are threaded through the curriculum. There's a lot of, of climate action and, and climate change focus in there, learning about the, the key issues, what our technology solutions might look like to solve some of those problems and, you know, uh, weaving in all of that technology learning and and the social emotional learning that, that goes with you know how how those things impact real people in the real world and in your community you know here and, and globally so 
that's uh that's my quick way to synthesize that and it's huge that you're saying you know it's aligned to those un goals right because that's something that you know i mean the whole world is striving to help support and find ways that we can engage our students we said it again purposefully but you know they're finding ways to connect it uh, and not just saying, you know, let's build a robot and and see what it does, but let's connect it to some sort of outcome. And you mentioned climate action, and that's a huge topic of conversation, especially in our district and our province is climate action. And I imagine it's the same around the world. Um, so let's dive into your your climate action kit that you that you offer. Um, and let's tell our listeners and our viewers, what is it, you know, and what is it, you know, what does it come with? Yeah. So uh, Microbit kind of entered the edtech scene maybe three or four years ago. It's it's made a huge splash. It's a powerful tool. We saw that as a really good opportunity to blend, you know, the creative curriculum work we do with a powerful, simple tool to deploy it in a classroom. So we started building kits around that environment. So we, we started uh, first with a robot, like a, you know, two-wheel drive, uh, can avoid obstacles and drive it around the classroom robot. But but we knew we wanted to go, you know, deeper and, and with purpose. This this all sort of aligned with the timing of when the sustainable development goals were drafted, developed and released. And, and we just kind of saw this, you know, this unity forming between, you know, new technology education and a new lens of uh, how how we want to envision the future. And, and we put that together in an inexpensive robotics kit that um, can be deployed in a classroom and it's gone through a ton of evolution. Like I think Brian, we, uh, we you and I probably talked two years ago and we got climate action kits out to you then. Um, we've since hired a, a team of educators, done a ton of redevelopment. I mean, in COVID, we had to make it from a classroom only tool where, you know, a teacher works with their students on it to something that kids could use and learn from or learn with at home. So it's a very interactive, inexpensive tool. I think they're they're $45 at retail for a robotics kit plus your micro bit. Um, there's, there's probably dozens of hours of content that goes into that and it's all super interactive, like drag and drop modules. Like it's almost like we've created software inside of uh, Microsoft PowerPoint and Google Slides. It's, it's kind of a funny way to do it, but um, it, it, it worked. And I, I think that the engagement that we're seeing with it, especially now that we've like renewed the curriculum and updated it and made it, you know, at home friendly. It's it's exciting and kids are developing all sorts of, of really cool things. Like they learn about, um, you know, issues related to agriculture and the impact that that has on on our climate and on soil erosion. And then they'll build an automated hydroponic farm. So they'll create a, you know, uh, something that waters lettuce for the next month and they'll program everything. So it, it detects when the, the soil is dry and then it triggers, you know, the plant to be watered and it goes through a loop and you can create some measurement tools, do some data science there. And you're learning about that in the context of, you know, the issues you're solving. So it's not just coding, it's coding with a purpose. I just gonna say it's super easy for teachers to use. As, as Jeremy mentioned, it is platform agnostic. And when he's alluding to, you know, it's in Google Slides and Microsoft, it's all, you know, it's, I think it's about six to 10 hours per module and there's three in each kit. Um, and teachers are encouraged to take that and use it however they want. So if they just want to do a little bit of it, then that's fine. And, and there's some expansions that we've seen. Um, I think it was with I, iSTEM, um, a program out of Halton District in Ontario, who created a whole, like, almost half their course around it. And um, but the students took it and extended it. And it was pretty incredible. And um, yeah, that's just my two cents in addition to it. 
That's that's so cool. And you just mentioned platform, which kind of rings that bell, which most people say, okay, what does it work with? Is it Google friendly? Is it iPad friendly? Is it PC? So what is it like, and we're talking just the climate action kits right now, but you know, what is it? And you mentioned micro bits. So what does it work with? Like if a classroom is listening right now, like, oh, do I have the tools to work with this? It works with both. It works with Microsoft. It works with Google. You can um, take it, it, make it work however you want. Yeah. On an iPad, that's, that's fine too. I mean, probably technically you could do it on a cell phone if you had the right cable to connect your cell phone to a microbit. I think those might be rare, but yeah, it's, it's all web-based. Um, Microsoft, Google Slides, everything's there. I think there's an app too. So using, it uses make code, um, which is, you don't have to download. It's just free online software. So there's an app on your phone. So as Jeremy's saying, you could pair your make microbit to your phone, download the code that way. Um, so it's really accessible. I guess there is Bluetooth pairing too, isn't there, with Microbit? Yeah, so you could Bluetooth pair your Microbit to your phone and program right on your phone, which is kind of cool if you think about it in like a classroom setting when you're like rapid prototyping some of these solutions. So maybe in a high school. Yeah, but and it's super cool, you know, to know that it, it works with so many different devices, right? Because we know around the world it's either your, could be iPads, could be tablets, could be who knows you know, what they're using. So it's so good to know that it works with everything. And you mentioned that, you know, in the kit, there could be three modules. Are there different kits? I know the one that I have says land on it, I believe. Are there different ones that have different purposes? We're working on it. Yeah. So originally our, our plan was that we had four more lined up. So there was uh, empowering women, Arctic, uh, energy, and oceans. So we've got kind of the outline for all of those done. But now we've set the bar really, really high with the new land climate action kit, and we're scared to put anything out there until we've we've kind of reached that threshold. Um, and I, I think also what we're considering doing is is creating a unified kit, so one central location that has all the components, and then you've got these different curriculum modules that you can purchase and plug in. Um, it's it's much easier for a teacher to have one kid and be able to cycle through you know different packages based on you know where they're teaching or kind of what the focus area is. But yeah, it's it's a heavy lift because of how good of a job we did on the on the update. We we might have overkilled a little bit, but uh, you know what? Let's let's set the bar high and and you know what? If we're making that level of uh, like that that quality available at this price point, I think that accessibility is important this this isn't just for private schools this isn't just for you know the parents that can afford it this has got to be accessible across the school system and you know these kits can be shared amongst students so it drives the cost down even further and i think that's the real benefit of of microbit is that it's taking what traditionally has been a, an after school program like lego robotics or whatever that might look like that are you know fairly expensive for a school district to buy into and making you know, the equivalent of one Lego robot is a classroom set of this stuff. And I think that's a powerful shift. And I think we're going to continue to see that that happen in the space. And beyond that, the, the resource pack that these teachers and educators get is so comprehensive. It includes like report card comments, a teaching guide, you know, all the materials you need um, for it. So, yeah, we set the bar high, but we don't want to disappoint going forward, especially right now for, for teachers who are you know struggling with teaching during COVID. And I'm glad you just mentioned that, Michelle, because that was going to be my follow-up question was, what are the resources? Like a teacher who buys, you know, the kit, the, we'll start with the climate action kit. 
you know, first of all, do they need to buy a class set? Is it a one-to-one? -one? Can it be, you know, one for two? What, what does that normally look like? And then what are the resources available to them as they start teaching with this tool? We've seen it used in groups of like three to four. I think that's what we recommend it for. Um, we're not, again, in terms of accessibility, we're not encouraging a one-to-one, -one, although, you know, when you do take it home, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's great when students learn on their own, but it does encourage collaboration and creativity between two people or more um, coming together to work on it together. So um, yeah, it's not necessarily to, to do one per classroom or, or one per student, but um, the more the more the merrier, I guess. Um, but that includes, you know, the kit and with every kit purchase, which is just $45, um, it does include the entire resource pack. So teaching guide, um, lesson materials, um, report card comments, curriculum connections, everything. I think the slideshow in one module is like 120 pages <laughs> and there's three modules. <laughs> it took a really long time to build. <laughs> and there's extension yeah. activities and challenges and social emotional yeah. learning prompts. It's, um, it's, it's quite. Do you know big. Derek Tancredi, Brian? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. So Derek, Derek went deep on this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a partnership there to help build the, build this amazing product. Yeah, Derek's actually on full time with our team now. Okay, that's super awesome. Yeah, yeah, we we poached Derek and and Lisa and Floyd to do the original development, and I think that'll that'll probably be, be you know how we continue to develop forward. We'll expand that teacher team, um, steal some folks out of the classroom where we can, um, and I, I think that'll take us to the next level. You know, we're 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 really focused on on the content and the learning process and the value we can provide that way, and. Uh, it's about the influence of it, you know, it's about the impact that we can have on a, on a grand scale. And, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of, of traction here in Canada. We've got a, a really big partnership with a, a national entity that I won't spoil the, uh, the news on. I can see Michelle being like, don't say it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can do this, you know, not just in Canada, but internationally. I think that the U.S., like we, we could really have a positive influence down there. Um, and, and in other countries where, where microbit is, is present, I think they're in like 135 countries now, like microbit is, is really expanding. And I think having that kind of, um, that kind of reach is exciting and powerful. Speaking of partnerships, we can, we can mention that we have partnered with, uh, Tahina Global, um, in the land ed, in the land climate action kit. So in addition to, you know, everything that we have put out already, there is content for, you know, um, indigenous voices and perspectives. In that so that's coming to and and it's in french so um yeah it's crazy i feel like you know, we keep talking in, the, in this one we've only talked about this one kit so far and it's just like home run after home run and hopefully everyone was listening like wow the best bang for my buck is i think you said it was 25 dollars. is that correct 45 okay 45 dollars. 45 dollars yeah. for this kit you get all these resources and it's, you know, it's not just a one-off, right? It's three modules built into this kit. So it could take you who knows how long because, and you mentioned earlier, Jeremy, and you know, you're kind of setting up this hydroponics to water lettuce. You know, you're not building it on Monday and then, okay, let's tear it apart on Wednesday. We're going to let it there, collect some data for a while, and then we'll go on to the next thing. So it's, you know, there's longevity. You know, it's when you think about educators, schools, school districts, spending their hard-earned money, you know, that their budgets that are often bleak, you know, for $45, there's this tool that allows them so many different projects linked to the UN Sustainable Goals, linked to skill building, right? Whether it be competency-based, you know, utilizing skills. 
Um, and okay, so you, you mentioned, you know, expanding into the US or trying to get more there. So anybody who's listening to this podcast or watching us right now, where where can they buy, you know, this kit? They can buy it right on our website or they can contact us as well for bulk purchases. Is there a link that's going to be shown on, on YouTube or should we oh, yeah, say yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll put the link down in the description okay. um, and your website's inksmith.ca. Yes. Um, and so to pricing point, and we don't have to dive into this. Obviously, anybody can reach out to you guys for large bulk mm-hmm. pricing. But often if school districts or a school says, you know, I need to buy this, I need to buy many of these. Is there a bulk pricing that you guys would walk through with that purchaser? Oh, for sure. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. And and if they are looking at purchasing a couple too, we do um, we do offer workshops in PD to go with it. So we make sure that you know it's not just a handoff. Here you go. Here's your kit. It's really supported right from the beginning. Here's how to use it. Um, here's how it best works. Let us show you it. So these are just the most epic segues. It's almost like I set you up to segue <laughs> to the next question. So now we're on to workshops and professional learning because a lot of the questions that I get was okay. This is a great tool. It sounds awesome, but it gets delivered to my doorstep. I open the box. What, like, what do I do? Okay, so what kind of workshops and professional learning do you offer to educators? So for educators, um, it, it depends. It's, you know, it will work with, if it's a school district who's purchasing them. Um, so for example, Brian, if you were to purchase, you know, 50 for your schools and rotate them around between the classrooms, um, then, We'd have you and then whoever else is interested in actually using them in their classroom join us um, and we can do several different things um, depending on how deep you wanted to go into it. So it could be a, you know, a one hour workshop or it could be several um, throughout your learning journey. So it, it all depends, but we work closely with educators like yourself to, to figure it out and figure out the right fit. Yeah, often, Tough question. It's, teaching, <laughs> often it's teaching the, you know, educators uh, in a in a group like doing board board level PD or or teaching technology coaches if it's a bigger district and and we can't get that many people in a room or I guess nowadays in a Zoom, um, but yeah we I mean we've even done you know direct to classroom workshops so working alongside a teacher as they roll out the kit for the first time um, we prefer to do the the groups of teachers just because the the sheer volume of you know one to a, a classroom is is difficult for us to. To handle, I think the the thing we're balancing is that we're we're trying to develop so much, and then we also have a huge demand on the other side of, you know, for professional learning. So it's it's figuring out how we we calendar all of that. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely do a lot of cu- kind of custom PD work, if you will, around how we roll out technology, whether it's climate action kits or three D printers or or laser cutters, whatever it is, we support it with professional learning. So let's let's make that another segue onto the other services and products that you offer. Like we've been talking a while now about the Climate Action Kit, which you know, and, and we talked about coming on the on the episode is a huge part of it because I truly believe it's an amazing tool to have in the classroom because of the longevity, the price point, and so on. But that's not just what you offer. You're not you know you don't just only offer the Climate Action Kit. You also offer, as you mentioned, 3D printers, 3D printing tools, um, laser cutters. So let's dive into that. What is so somebody who's listening to this, you know, and they're thinking, oh, I've just heard of, from, about Inksmith for the first time. They go to your website. What it is is it that you guys offer, and how can you help them select the right product? Yeah, you know, we we actually got our start in three D printing. So that's that was the synthesis of the the name Inksmith. Um, the domain was available as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we originally started with 3D printers. We you know worked with school boards. We were kind of on the 
the cutting edge of that. Like it was really the first time that 3D printers were making it into the classroom here in Ontario and around the country. Like they're, that was kind of a new thing in education. And we had our own spin. A lot of companies were, you know, creating curriculum on how to use a 3D printer or how to 3D model something. And we took a different approach. We were using 3D printers as a technology tool to enable design thinking. So how do we teach um, that, that thinking skill and that process that can be applied anywhere in your life? I mean, design thinking, you can solve a design challenge, but I mean, it's, it's really just a, a blueprint, a roadmap for solving any problem. So I thought that that would be a really powerful way to bring that into a classroom in a meaningful way. And, and we did similar projects in that I remember one of our first lesson plans was teaching how to make um, a prosthetic hand. There's a group called the uh, Enable Foundation, and they make 3D printed prosthetics. And a 3D printed wow. prosthetic is like a $40 object compared to a $3,000 hand. So that was a way for us to kind of tie it back to that value and purpose and and kind of live that. And, you know, to me, laser cutters, 3D printers, these are all just technology tools for like making an idea real. Um, we create hardware, we create curriculum, and we, we put brains to work. Okay. So your statement of, you know, we're, we put brains to work. That's huge. You know, I, I think you mentioned it, you know, 3D printers are, are now huge in schools because of, well, the ability to 3D design 3D create and bring things to life, right? Because it's not just, you know, there's, there's, there's tangible building out of cardboard, but then there's also this idea of using almost virtual reality, building in some sort of software and then printing it and having it there for you. So, you know, we mentioned earlier about those climate kits, having resources to go with it. So what kind of resources do you have for teachers who are, who are new into getting 3D printing or even those veterans who think, you know, I've been, I've been printing little toy beds for the past five years. That's okay. What kind of resources do we have for, for, for teachers or districts? Uh, I was just going to say, we've got a course actually all on um, 3D printing with Tinkercad, which is another free software for educators. Um, Jeremy, you can expand on that if you want. Um, that's right. Yeah. I mean, off. yeah, like we, we've got a, a course on, you know, how to 3D print on Tinkercad, like all the, all the, you know, core tools that you'll use in that environment. I think we have some higher level programming as well around SolidWorks for high school students. But uh, then we have our core 3D printing and design thinking curriculum, which is a series of, I don't know the specific number, it's somewhere north of 10 different modules that are uh, tied to curriculum and have um, a design challenge that students have to work through. And one of those is that, um, I think it's it's aptly named Helping Hands, and that's the prosthetic lesson, and it provides resources for your classroom to reach out to, um, uh, I forget what the organization is called, and it'll depend on where you are, but locally we got the, the Guelph District, or I guess it would be Upper Grand District School Board, they, they got connected with a, a local kid that needed a hand. So they have a high school that prints this kid a new hand every six months. So wow. their SHSM classroom has been doing that for years. I remember the one year it was like an Iron Man themed and they usually have a theme as they go along. But you can imagine that's a pretty powerful thing for that family that, you know, would otherwise spend thousands of dollars on a hand that now is is free to them and $30 to a school. And it's it's every six months. Like it's like changing a shoe. It's, it's constant wow. when you're growing, especially when you're when you're young. So it's a pretty powerful thing. And it's such a strong like community connection. And we've tried to create a series of lessons kind of in that vein. Um, 
having said that, it has been a few years. We don't. I, I'm not going to promise that it's the same level of content as the <laughs> Climate Action Kit, but we'll get there. And I think we've got a we've got the best offering curriculum wise with with that 3D printing package. I think that's huge. And it goes back to what you had said earlier, you know, both of you said purposeful technology, right? Which is, it's not just tech for the sake of tech. It's, it's how can I support and use it with purpose, whether it be, you know, prosthetics or, you know, hydroponics, you know, figuring all, you know, all those things. I, I think that's huge. And, and so my question is, you know, let's say a school already has a 3D printer, right? They're, they don't need to purchase a new one. Do they have access to your course? Is there a fee that they need to pay to access it? Is it kind of like some sort of D2L course or, or, or what does it look like? Or does that come with the purchase of a printer? Yeah, normally it's bundled, but I think that there's a, a purchase option on it. And I can't remember. I think it's a couple hundred dollars for a site license and, and then they, they have full access. Yeah. And it is it is um, universal. It's not like it's it's not married to our machines. It's mm -hmm. it's just design curriculum essentially. That's awesome. And so let's talk about your machines a little bit. Uh, so as an avid three D printer myself, um, it's interesting to hear about different models and versions and what they have to offer. So I believe you have your own three D printer, right? Like you have an Inksmith three D printer, or or are you reselling a different brand? Yeah, we do both. We have one. Um, Although at this point, I think with some of the shifting supply chains, we've kind of put a pause on our own internal brand. We just haven't haven't had a, a consistent flow. So we do have an Inksmith Orbit machine that we're not continuing to sell for now. And at some point when we have a little better line of sight and, and some more time, I think we'll redevelop and come back to market. So we resell a brand called Cubicon out of, out of South Korea. Um, it's a very high-end machine. It, it prints beautifully, it's, it's got automatic leveling, it's got a build plate on it that when it's hot, the print sticks, and when it's cold, it pops off. And it's not a consumable, it's not like you, you put a paste down or a, a sticker, it just, when it's hot, it sticks, and when it's cold, it lets go. Um, and we've done all sorts of silly tricks with it, like turn the printer upside down and, and it'll print. <laughs> like the, the gantry system on there is quite smart, like it knows where it is in relation to itself. So. Um, they're they're high-end machines and candidly because of the scale like when you're working with school boards across the country and and you've got teachers of different technical ability and or like just not having the time it's a lot easier when you have a system that's just dead easy to deploy mm -hmm. yeah you can buy much less expensive machines but you know how many hours are you going to spend fixing that and scraping build plates and and doing all the calibration work versus just plugging something in and hitting print. And that's that's what we offer. I think that's that's huge, right? What, what you're saying there, you, most people say, well, I'll go for the cheaper version. But what you don't realize is you know, I've been there, I, you know, you buy the cheap version because it is cheap, but then you, you spend a couple hours or, you, or a thousand failed prints later, <laughs> you know, you finally have it working. Um, so sometimes spending the extra money is valuable because you, you know, especially as teachers, schools districts you know you don't want to walk in one day and say hey we're gonna start printing and then you're like oh no something is either off kilt something got shifted overnight or whatever it is but because it's not working anymore so it's huge to hear that you know to hear you know that it's although high, it's high quality at the end of the day and very reliable and i'm excited i'm going to check out some videos because i you know i think that the build plate is always the issue so to hear that it's got this um, adhesive way of doing it is, is awesome 
And as we're talking about 3D printing, and I know you have other products, we talked about you know the laser cutter, there's some VR being offered, and I encourage all of our listeners and our viewers to head over to inksmith.ca to check out their product lines to see what they offer because they are absolutely amazing. And there's some great write-ups on the site to talk about what they are. But let's talk about 3D printing because you mentioned purposeful technology and Inksmith at the start of the pandemic did just that. And I don't I didn't want to dedicate a whole episode to this, but I mean, it deserves a whole episode. But can we dive in a little bit to our listeners and viewers who don't know, Inksmith created the Canadian Shield. And the Canadian Shield, not that I'm going to do, I won't spoil the, the story, um, but what you were printing PPE shields, one of the very first companies to shift and say, you know what, we're going to start printing PPE shield for our frontline workers um, here in Ontario. You guys were in Ontario, so you were printing for Ontario. So tell us that story. How did that start? And then how did you just start adapting? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's always a, a kind of a crazy story to relive. Like it, it almost seems unreal to look back at, at the timeline and, and how it all went down. So March 20th, we had a local doctor reach out uh, from from the Waterloo Region Healthcare System, and, and he let us know that they were short about 10,000 face shields, which, um, if you ask me at the time, was a really large number. <laughs> so uh, we we kind of we didn't hesitate. You know, we we started unboxing 3D printers that otherwise we would be selling to classrooms. We uncrated a bunch of laser cutters, and we got to work on it um, that night, basically. The next day, uh, the news visited and. Um, this this story blew up. We put a call out to the community to ask other folks to help us with the 3D printing part of it because, you know, the the headband piece would take an hour to print. Like it's a it's not a it's not a simple thing to scale. Um, so we had some donations pouring in, but at the same time we kind of had a parallel track where we were like, how do we scale this thing? Because in a period of 48 hours, the problem went from, you know, we need 10,000 units in Waterloo Region to we need half a million units for Ontario. Um, so that the scale of the problem was changing quite quickly and, and we knew that um, you know we had an opportunity to help. So we scaled this community effort with 3D printing, which was really cool. We had school boards that were 3D printing the visor, like the, the headband portion, shipping it to our office. We'd clean it, assemble it with a shield and then donate that out to um, organizations in need that didn't have, didn't have PPE at all. Um, and then on a parallel track, we were at the time laser cutting face shields and we created a model that could be fully laser cut instead of 3D printing because you went from an hour a headband to 45 seconds on a laser cutter. And and that was, you know, a market increase. And I think four days later, we moved from laser cutting to uh, it's stamping, but I'm, I'm trying to remember it's called a pneumatic die press. So I want you to think of a really giant cookie cutter that you put 10 <laughs> sheets of plastic in and you you hit a button on either side and it makes this loud crazy whoosh and then cuts through you know 10 layers of plastic so you we went from you know one a minute to 10 a minute or 20 a minute on a machine and started to scale up that way and suffice to say in about um about a month we had made close to a million face shields in total opened a 50,000 square foot facility here in North Waterloo, uh, invested in some equipment that we could continue scaling. We started making around 200,000 face shields a day um, and received a contract from the federal government for 10 million face shields. So all wow. told, we manufactured 16 million between March 20th and September of, of last year. Wow. Uh, 
a lot of really sweaty long nights and uh, a lot of Red Bull along the way, but it was uh, it was really worth it. Um, and and to this day, you know, we're we're one of Canada's largest uh, medical mask manufacturers. We have face shield capacity that we don't really use. We don't actually manufacture face shields day to day, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, and we've designed our own automation. So we kind of put some of that uh, technology skill that, that we have to work, created our own automation solution to create medical masks. We've we've spun out an entire new, you know, Canadian PPE organization in just over a year. And it's been a really, really wild journey. And those resources have pulled back into what we do in, in education, which I think uh, uh, makes the, 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 the future really exciting for Inksmith too. That's an absolutely amazing story, you know, because educators are always looking for real life connection to the tools that they have and, and your story of, of how you guys shifted, but used, like you said it, we unboxed our own printers. We unboxed our own laser cutters to start doing this. And that's essentially what educators are looking for is how do I use this tool for something we need right here? Maybe it's, I need to print, I don't know, a doorknob you know, something in real life, in context that we need to use our machines for. So that's huge. So it's to, for our listeners and our viewers who are trying to hear more about the Canadian Shield story, where can they go to, to hear the story or, or visit the, the product? Yeah, I think the, the website is uh, canadianshieldppe.ca and, and it's pretty robust. Like there's all the, all the news articles from along the way. I think all told, um, I did something north of 100 media interviews on the Canadian Shield side. It was like a, a traveling circus for a while. I <laughs> just one one interview to the next. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of strange to wrap your head around like the timeline of, of all of that. Like we had a we got a medical device license, like a manufacturing license, in four days back then. And that's wow. that's how urgent this problem was. And you, you you don't feel that urgency day to day here anymore, but that was a pretty um, it was a powerful experience. Wow. And kudos to you and your team for pulling that off, right? And and not, you know, sitting at home and going, well, what are we going to do now, right? No one's buying 3D printers or no one's <laughs> buying our product to say, wow, let's just reimagine what we do with it and let's help, right? Which is absolutely, I said it before, but that's an amazing story. And thank you for, for, for doing that. You know, kudos to you and to your team for, for being able to come call to action and say, this is the reality of EdTech and this is why we have it and this is why we support it for educators. So that is so great to hear. Um, so Jeremy and Michelle, we are at a point in the show where I like to call the specialist top five. Now we've gone over a lot of things in today's episode. Um, and what I like to ask is what are the top five ways that you feel? And because there's two of you, we can, we can split the difference and maybe say top eight. What are the top five, top eight ways that you feel Inksmith can help educators, school districts, transform learning for students in or out of the classroom? <clears throat> okay. So I, I think we've kind of touched upon it, but obviously developing, you know, essential skills. So developing the 21st century competencies and global competencies um, and just digital technological skills that will help students in the future. So, um, you know, it's not, again, not about the technology, but about what the outcomes are and, and the skills that they will develop with it. Um, so that's mine. Do you want to go next, Jeremy? We'll go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think it's the, um, you know, an, another piece that I think folks will find different when they work with our tools and, and tech is that it's it's very it's very interactive. It's very robust. Like the the curriculum content that we have is is not 
it's not typical. Like, you know, when you, when you buy technology or you bring technology into the classroom, often you're going it alone. You've got to figure out how you integrate this with your curriculum, how it, you know, how you're going to actually execute on this process in your classroom. And, and we've done that legwork up front. So we've created really interactive curriculum that kids get excited about that checks all the boxes for you as a teacher and uh, makes life easy in a difficult time. That might have been a few things jammed into one, <laughs> but who's counting? <laughs> um, I'd, I'd also like to add to that that it's, you know, authentic connections. So it's, you know, connecting the learning to real world situations. And we've touched upon a couple of those today as well with the prosthetic arm, with the Canadian Shield. Um, it's all intertwined into like what makes this purposeful? Why why should a student be learning this? And um, it takes their learning beyond the classroom walls. So, um, you know, in, it invests their learning. It helps students become more engaged as learners in the classroom um, with with anything that they're they're learning. And it's not just here's technology, learn it. It's okay, technology. I'm using it to create something purposeful. This is how it can be used in the real world. Now I can see myself in in roles and jobs in the future and. Um, can make a change that empowers students beyond learners. Yeah, I, I think that ties really well into, you know, like when when you when you take a when you make learning a like a path of a purpose. I think it it really changes it from just learning robotics or just learning coding, and you appeal to a much broader group of your class. It's not a club. It's something that, that you can do with everyone in your classroom. And it's something that any of them can get excited about for different reasons. And it's not, it's not like the nerdy coding club or, or anything like that. It's, it's very accessible and, and it's creating an on-ramp for people that might not have seen themselves as a coder before, but then realize that, hey, this actually is really exciting and I can have a positive impact and I can see myself in this industry in the future because you know this is something I care about and I think uh, it's it's a generational thing but I think that you know as as we move forward and we become more interconnected as a world you know folks are are looking bigger and looking deeper for you know how they want to act and be in in their lives and their careers and I think it's an exciting way for us to get that early exposure and you know, my hope is that uh, we we mobilize generations to go after some of these big problems because they're the ones that are going to inherit it. So, um, I I think that that's a that's an exciting outcome too. Yeah, they become global citizens as opposed to you know just consumers. They're creating with purpose and looking to help others and and really provide empathy in everything they do. So I think that's, that's wow. You know, like you guys just hit a bunch of like empowering, giving them purpose, <laughs> lifelong learners, global citizens, like anybody else got chills? Cause that, that really kind of was like everything awesome, you know, like, and it's, it's what everyone looks for in education. It's not just another thing on the shelf. There's a reason why we have it and it helps build passion in our learners for the future because Jeremy, you just said it, right? These, these big problems, eventually they're gonna have to deal with them. So why not have them engage in some sort of learning opportunity that helps them realize how they can personally help change it or helps resolve, resolve it down the road, who knows, right? And you've mentioned a few times during our chat, the curriculum, and I failed to ask the question about curriculum. 
So the curriculum you're mentioning that you have created as a team, is that something that's aligned to each province? Is that kind of your own in-house curriculum that says, here's the outcome you're going to be covering kind of based on the sustainable goals or, or what does that look like when someone dives into your curriculum? Yeah, I think there are some learning outcomes that we've built in that are kind of our content specific, but I know that we've also done a bunch of alignment provincially as well. So integrating like whatever grade level it's at, these are the points we're going to hit. I don't know if we've done a full scope of the country and I'd have to maybe lean on Michelle for that, but I know that's the intention is that we'll have, you know, content there that's aligned provincially so that, you know, whether, whether you're in, um, BC or Ontario or, or you're teaching in Moncton, then you just log in, you pull up the curriculum connections and you know exactly what you're going to get out of that lesson and how you're going to plan and align. So, I mean, the, the nice thing with Canada is that, yeah, we do have different curriculum standards provincially, but they are fairly close. So I think that what we have there, even if it isn't in every province yet, it will be. And for now, it's probably pretty close. So. It is in, for sure, in Ontario. We're working on Alberta right now um, and, and more will be coming. Our goal is to do it right across the country. And, um, you know, the, the cool thing is it's so, like Jeremy said, it's so um, universal almost across, I say universal, but like so Canadian and it, it, it's so applicable in so many different ways that it's not, it's not like we're saying this is, can only be used in Ontario, uh, even though it is Canadian content and, you know, you'll see a lot of Ontario examples um, when we're in it. Um, but we're, we're really going through each province's curriculum and then picking out the pieces that tie directly to it. So it's, um, yeah, it's applicable to everyone. Yeah. And that's super good to know, right? Because whether you're teaching, like you said, in Alberta, BC, Ontario, doesn't matter, you know, you can find standards that connect to you and connect to what you're teaching, uh, because so many of it is very global standards, right? It's, it's kind of the similar across the board and great to know that you're, you're aligning you know, eventually to the, all the provincial outcomes. Um, so Jeremy, Michelle, I appreciate you being on the podcast, sharing your story about Inksmith, the Canadian Shield, and, and the amazing products and supports that you offer to districts and teachers if and when they choose to purchase a product from you uh, to know that they're supported. But before we head out, you know, I just want to give you the opportunities or anything else that you would like to add that we may have missed during our conversation that you'd want our listeners and our viewers to know about Inksmith. No, just, you know what, thank you to all the teachers that are, are working through this. I know it's been a pretty, you know, incredibly difficult year to be a teacher and and the struggle is ongoing. So just hats off to, to all of you and um, hope the rest of the year goes as, as best as it can. Yeah, we're very grateful to all the educators who have supported us and, you know, are continuing to work alongside us. And, and it's it's been an honor so far. So. That's awesome. So once again, thank you both for joining me on this episode of the podcast. And I encourage all of our listeners, all of our viewers to head over to inksmith.ca and check out those products that we just talked about and more, right? We talked about climate action kits. We talked about 3D printing, laser cutters, there's VR, and even go on there to find out what types of supports are available to you if you already have the kit or you're looking about maybe uh, think about it, go check it out. There are some supports, some workshops available to you to learn more about it and Maybe you'll find it in your classroom this year or maybe come the fall. So I encourage you all to check out the website and follow them on social media at Inksmith3D uh, to see all of the amazing things that they're doing and to hear from other educators using their tools. So as always, follow us on social media at MyCreativePod. Stay tuned, everybody. This was My Creative Classroom. <laughs>